0: Everybody, everybody, everybody. Drop your buff stop
1: your your Drop
0: your Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross.
1: I'm Evan Ross Katz.
0: And we are here talking Survivor 45, Episode 5, I Don't Want to Be the Worm. It's two down for Adam Klein, who had Brandon and Brendo among his castees. Uh, There's still Caleb left, which I feel like there's a lot of hope for
1: Caleb, but it's not looking great for Adam Klein right now. So you're saying Brendo, similarly to Emily, who also was saying Brendo, but his name is Brando. Sorry, where did, did I say get... Brendo? <laughs> no, no. But you said it, but as did Emily consistently. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm just I wanted to talk get... about that, but I think it's subconsciously ingrained in my head that now his name, as Emily says, let it be done. His name is Brendo.
1: Okay, yeah, I concur. It was one of those things though where I was like, she. I think that they had her saying it so many times in quick succession that it'd be one thing if she just said it once but then in my head i was like wait oh maybe his name uh, to your point i was like if emily says it's brendo it's brendo but <laughs> then when you're saying it i was like well then surely it's brendo but then I, I got my handy wikipedia open and i'm like i'm seeing an a
0: it's definitely brando okay,
1: i mean his, his name like is Mar- Brand- it,
0: his name is brandon they had two brandons on this cast he just goes by uh-huh. brando
1: yeah i love how we've had this discussion before i think cuz there's like there's a season with two kellys i think ah uh, yeah yeah, of course, with Purple Kelly. But it's just like, when it comes down to it, like... Well, I Ke- do Kelly think-
0: Wigglesworth, Kelly Wentworth, there was two Kelly W's in Second Chance.
1: Nuts. I do think, well, that could be an exception because they're all-stars. But in general, it's like, with the thousands of people that <laughs> <laughs> apply to the show, I would kind of say if you have two people with the same name, it's like maybe they don't need to be slotted into the same season.
0: I have always thought this. I have always thought, like, it's just a little much, especially when they're on the same tribe. Like, weren't there two Robs and Marquesas? uh wasn't this what's his name um oh my god you know the guy who like he went by a nickname like sar <laughs> i want to say like sarge no it's something else oh, this is killing me um wait you know the, like,
1: no it was oh general the general the
0: general the general yes i didn't wasn't look his name
1: rob i'm not sure that i think his don't.
0: name was rob oh god so this is not this is off to a rocky start but yeah, we've had several cases of this and it's just like, yeah, don't. Save them for okay. the next season.
1: But for clarity, it is Brando, but from here on out, let's just canonically switch and do Brendo. Yeah, it's Brendo. Great.
0: <laughs> Brando, if you're listening, update your Instagram name. Change the A to an E.
1: <laughs> Drop the A. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the E. Yeah,
0: so we have lost Brendo. It's uh, I don't think that's sad. This feels like to me a very typical pre-merge episode, and this is. Uh, it looks like next week we're getting the mergatory, and I would say that of all of the episodes, and I think we said this last week too. So maybe we're on a downward trend here. But this this episode like kind of dragged for me. How did you feel?
1: Oh my god, I thought I thought this more than dragged. I thought this was yeah. definitely a low for the season and a big regression um, because we got backstories added back in, which I felt like, you know, we had commented either last week or the week before about kind of feeling like 45 felt, I think what I think, excuse me. I think what many people wanted 41 to feel like there's like a freshness to the format right now because we're not seeing things like Shot in the Dark really affect the game too much. The idols, although a little bit more complicated in how you find them, haven't had huge impact. This just seems like a more pure game of Survivor thus far. Um, And then all of a sudden we get this. And I thought, not only did I not want the backstories back, I thought they were so clunkily executed and I couldn't believe it was like I think 40 or minutes in or something before Jeff even appeared in the episode. And then all of this, and we didn't even get a reward challenge Mm -hmm. um, or we got the combined reward immunity. And I was just like, so we have all this time. And I guess what we now know is like that extra time just means camp life. And I do think there's a world in which we could like allocate that 90 minutes differently. So we have more time with the challenges themselves um, or other aspects of the game. I I was, I was bummed. Well, yeah,
0: I I feel so conflicted about this because there's so many moments, even thinking back to our discussion last week where we said the episode was dragging a bit and yet, uh, and I think we talked about this, like, had it been a 60 minute episode like we probably wouldn't have had some moments like the Bruce uh, pretending to lose the flint and things like that so like we are getting little gems as a result of the 90 minutes but having said that as a viewing experience I do find it's dragging a little bit and there's weeks like this one where especially with the 26 days there's just I think less material to work with and so if there's not a whole lot of really super interesting stuff going on at camp then we're not going to get you know a great blockbuster 90 minute episode and maybe there's a trade-off there where you know the first few episodes i I felt like the 90 minutes was used really well but if there's nothing going on there's nothing going on so
1: yeah which is true i also felt that there was just a lot of over explaining in this episode particularly Mm -hmm. from emily when it comes to the tribe dynamic with emily in the middle it's very clear right Two people from one former tribe, two people from another, a third from a third tribe. So she's mm-hmm. going to be the swing vote. We established that last week. The amount of times I felt like we were explaining over and over again where Emily sits in things and how her vote is really going to tip things. It's like, we got it. I got it even before you explained it the first time. So I didn't, I felt like this episode was sort of, I'm. I don't want to say that I felt like they were treating the audience stupidly, but I thought there was a lot of hand-holding during this episode as to, like, this is the plot that's going on, and it's like, well, I I gathered the plot from the plot as it unfolded.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, well, this is the thing. It's just, like I said, if, if there's not really wild strategy going on, then there's nothing to work with. And so they just have to talk about the strategy that is going on, which is this very basic, like 2 2 1 situation that they have going on at Bello. What would have been really nice, and they, the contestants didn't go there, it seems is, you know, like often in these situations, you also get the two tribes of, you know, the former Rebas, the former Bellows come together and say, hey, maybe we don't want this swing. Maybe we just take the easy vote and vote out Emily. Like that was never an option that was put on the table. And if it had been, then we may have had a little more to work with in this 90 minutes.
1: Right. But it also, like, even though my head went there at one point, I was like, that just is not smart gameplay for anyone. Yeah, sure. So it was like, <clears throat> even though I wanted that to be floated as a possibility, I also wouldn't have believed it as a possibility. So it's like, I think, yeah, I mean, everything happened as it should have happened, yeah. um, which is good in the sense of the most boring player went home, bad in the sense of we had to have an episode where we just got rid of a boring player, which you know, happens. You did mention the Mergatory next week. Are we positive that we're getting a Mergatory? Is there any world in which we're just getting a standard Merge?
0: I think it's been indicated that it is a Mergatory. I I don't know if that was on, like, Jeff's podcast or something, but I think there were... Oh, you know what it is? I think that it was in one of the Advantage clues or rules that said uh, uh, something... I think it's about the extension of the Idol uh, that I don't know, that it can be used up until the point when all players are living on the same beach, which means Mm -hmm. mergatory as opposed to when all players are merged.
1: Got it. Okay. One other thing I wanted to ask about. Did you have any reaction to the inclusion of Bruce calling Jake fatty?
0: Because I I felt
1: like I love that, by the way, just because at the end of the day people rib on each other, right? Yeah. Like this is a reality of like, especially when you are close with someone, you are often, not always, uh, given more permission to poke fun at things that <clears throat> might be more sensitive subjects Just mm-hmm. you know, if just anyone said them. But I felt like that was included as a bridge to like the then very prolonged confessional of Jake telling his story. And I felt like using that moment to land the plane of like Jake's journey with his weight, I thought was like a strange, it made Bruce look a lot like, I- Granted, I think in those situations, it's very dependent on the, how the person feels about it. And we mm-hmm. don't know. Jake could be the kind of person where like, he likes when people, you know, rib on him in that sense. So I am I have less of a strong reaction to Bruce saying it. I know some people might feel like, you just don't joke about that. I think it's really situational. But to show that right before leading into this, I was like, that's yeah. a very odd bridge.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it feels like something that they probably wouldn't have shown if it didn't lead to jake collapsing again for a second time um because that was the sequence of events where bruce Mm -hmm. said get your fat lazy ass up and then he does and then he immediately drops to the ground which leads us to the backstory uh, it do, It did feel like a weird beat to lead into that backstory for sure especially given the content of that backstory and Jake's uh, sort of like uh, his story of uh, binge eating uh, in the past and then sort of coming out of that uh, and struggling with being on the island etc sort of like surprisingly. It reflects poorly on Bruce I feel like and I don't mind that. It's like we we have all of these like goofy Bruce antics. Katura's is annoyed with him. Other people are like picking up on uh, the 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 train that they're getting on Couture's train of being annoyed with Bruce to some extent. And this is a great little moment where it feels like uh, because most of the show has been telling us that Bruce is annoying through. Really obvious montages and things like that. This I like because it's a little subtle moment where it's like Bruce isn't reading the room necessarily, and I, I, maybe maybe he is. Maybe this is the relationship they have, but it just sort of like indicates to me that Bruce is just running his mouth and not thinking about what he's saying. And despite the fact that we never saw Jake react to Bruce call, uh, saying "Get your fat lazy ass up." The audience we're thinking about it and we're like, Bruce, like, come on, get it together. Like, just have like some respect. So I feel like it does a good job of, you know, like developing Bruce's character for me in a way that's not so ham-fisted.
1: I agree. My question would be: I think a lot of people would hear Bruce say something like this and be like really put off by it. And my sure. reaction is like, this is what I want in my Survivor players, because this is real, right? Like this is how people talk to one another. Not everyone is complimentary all the time. People poke fun at those they like, those they don't like. People talk about other people behind their back. I feel like a lot of the niceties that are so present in, you know, this new era of survivors, seeing that and granted this wasn't even like we've we've had we've had people d- dig way deeper. Um mm-hmm. but I I actually appreciated this. I did want to point out something from listening to the On Fire podcast. Well, I had to get through the two and a half minute ad at the top, but once I was able to, <laughs> to get to the episode, um, Jeff called this moment with Jake, the sort of, uh, is it do we want to call it extended monologue? I felt like the story went on forever. He called it one of the most moving pieces we've ever done on the show. And I want to speak less to the moment itself because I don't really care about it and more to the fact that. I think people might know. I'm not a big fan of superlatives, despite the fact that I do dole them out sometimes. I just think one of the biggest weaknesses of the modern era of Survivor is how much, and you you do see it on the show at times, too. Jeff will remark on this within the episodes of saying, this is the most blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. I think, one, it serves to erase the show's past when often fans like us know that, like, that's just not true sometimes when he says things, you know, I've never seen a bigger reaction to the reward. And it's like, no, Jeff, you have, um, we have too. we, we were there. Um, but not only that, but it sort of, uh, underlines the fact that the producers really think that they are captured. Like, this is the best ever survivor. They feel as though these moments that they're getting are bar none the best. And I think the fact that they feel that way tells you a lot about, what <laughs> doesn't tell you? It it says quite literally that I, I think that underlines, I should say, the dissonance between those creating the show and us, the viewer. I uh, I can understand why someone found that Jake moment more impactful than I did. That I can certainly understand. But to call that one of you know the most moving pieces we've ever had on this show, um, it's bizarre, and I just don't I don't like that framework coming from him.
0: Sure. Yes. I. <laughs> I thought I we're v- only a yes and.
1: Yeah, well, yes. I'm just, kid, I'm just kidding.
0: Uh, yeah. I I feel like, look, I didn't listen to On Fire, so I didn't hear this. But I certainly believe he said it. I uh, feel like they, they really love the backstory. They really love the explanation of here's where I came from, here's where I am, and here's how it's affecting me in the game. And we have always said, I would rather you show me than tell me. This was a big tell me moment where I'm comparing it to other backstories in my head where I think the backstory works the best when it is directly related to something happening in the game. For example, in 44, there was the scene at the merge where carolyn is telling uh, her new tribe mates about her sobriety journey and it's like halfway into the season carolyn's already the star of the show and we get her backstory about becoming sober and i didn't mind that did i need it not necessarily but like it made sense in the context of the episode similarly i would say jake's makes sense in the context of the episode this recurring like seizure passing out thing that is going on with him is like I find quite disturbing and like, I don't, I don't like where it's going. Like it's a little scary and uh, like, it's a, it seems like a potentially a serious health concern, despite Kelly trying to talk him down from that. Um, And so, It does make sense. However, I would say that I think it went a little, little too deep, uh, more deep than I needed it to go. And I don't know that I necessarily got more out of it than if he had just sort of, like, confided in somebody. And I'm not saying he has to confide in somebody, but, like, I think it would have worked better had he sort of, like, been like, oh, Kelly, like, here's here's what's going on. And like, I'm a little concerned because this is how I used to be. This is how I am now. I thought I was in the best shape of my life. Like, and so I don't know what's going on with me. I think it would have worked a little bit better that way. But maybe there's a part of him that doesn't want to tell his tribe mates that because he doesn't want to seem vulnerable in that way. But that wasn't really explicit. So like the explanation was to us about his past as opposed to to us about his past in relation to the way he's handling this at camp. You know what I mean? Like, that's the part that was missing is like, and I'm going to tell my tribe mates about this or, and I'm not going to tell my tribe mates about it for X, Y, Z reasons. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the piece that I was missing because it did feel a little like, not preachy, but it just felt like, uh, it was just like a little much for me. Um, No, it- it But I will say that it is like, uh, like to to give it credit and like not to like (laughs) start ranking people's trauma, but this is a story that- I never hear like I don't hear stories about binge eating like that is not not since I read Jerry Halliwell's autobiography in 1999 uh I have I have I really heard people talk about this and so like as far as backstories go this is a unique one one that I I don't have a lot of familiarity with and so you know I didn't mind it I did get something out of it but I do think it was like a little heavy-handed
1: But I just, I don't like that constant thing. And and I think this happens on survivor, but I also think it happens on a lot of, you know, reality television of this idea of like presenting a journey as complete. Right. So the idea with Jake was he was overweight and unhappy. And then he lost all this weight. You could even see it in the musical cue when it shifted, Uh where it was like the darkness had cleared, he had found the light, he got thin and healthy and everything was good. And the reality is. Similarly to alcoholism there, you don't just it's not like an on off switch for all we know, Jake or whomever that is grappling with binge eating is something you're going to deal with for life, right? So I think it does a disservice to people I hear you as far as like, this isn't a story we get a lot on television, it's good to tell. But I think the manner in which it's told on shows like this, as though it's something that is a fix, you just got to fix right. it is that framing of it, I think actually does like a disservice to the storytelling in some senses, because it's going to be a lifelong battle. And so I hear the argument of like, it's great to have this thing that we haven't seen represented represented. I also hear the argument of like, well, is it good to have said thing represented if it's represented poorly? Mm -hmm. I do. And again, I'm posing that as a question. I don't know the answer, but I just feel like we constantly get these, even thinking about Xander with his story, it's constantly on this show about Weight loss and weight loss being better. You're better right. when you lose weight. You can do Survivor when you get off the couch, and it's like right. I think that that I don't know. I don't love that. Yeah, I would be
0: curious to hear from Jake about how he feels about the portrayal of this. I know there are there's contestants in the past who are kind of like I put my story out there. I didn't know how it was going to be told, and like I wasn't. Th- Necessarily thrilled about it, like for example, Ricard talked uh, about this with Survivor Forty One. Um, that you know, they they when they talked about him uh, being hard of hearing, and they did that scene where they sort of like muffled the sound. Uh, I I recall that he wasn't like that crazy about the way it was presented because it was like yeah. a bit gimmicky.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, let's move on from that. But then I just want to <laughs> okay. say though, well, sorry,
1: just real quick though, I do <laughs> think there is a thing that happens with people on reality television of because I could see a world where Jake doesn't like this, for instance, but then could be mad if it had been omitted altogether. Yeah, sure. And so yeah. I do think there's an element when it comes to editing where like, you're going to be damned if you do damned if you totally. don't yeah. as far as the editors go, because the question always becomes like, do we include it? Okay. If we do include it, what parts do we include? I, I, there's so I can not empathize is not the word, but like I can understand that Again, looking at the Ricard thing, it's like they're do in the in their mind. They're like, okay, we're adding a layer to this to like help Mm -hmm. tell the story. I can also understand that from Ricard's perspective, that's not how he feels is the best way to present it. But I also sort of wonder. It's like, well, let's say they did it the Ricard way, the way that he would have idealized that being presented. There's a world in which, like, that's not great storytelling either for the sake of it translating to the audience. Mm -hmm. So, although I do like to hear from the players as far as like. Do they think they were represented accurately? How would they have wanted to be blah, blah, blah. I do think it's like, I'm not entirely deferential to the person. It's more like I like having both perspectives.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I think that that's part of going on reality TV, right? We talked about this. You're going to put your story out there. Uh, It's in the hands of others to tell. And I think that 45 seasons into the show, we know that by now. And I think the players know that by now. So it's like a, it's a tricky situation. Like, no, it's never going to be perfect.
1: Who is the player from the past that, like, refused to tell the producers their strategy?
0: Oh, well, well, Richard Hatch.
1: Okay, I tip my hat. I, <laughs> I think there something... was probably
0: others but uh yeah they he he even uh, they even talked about how they would have fake conversations uh off camera because they had started miking the trees in yeah. in the forest and so they were uh having f- like false strategy conversations for the microphones. Incredible. Yeah. It's playing at that's playing at another level. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk a little bit more about the Lulu tribe since we're there because there's uh, this is the one where the dynamics are the least clear to me because you have Keturah idol hunting um, and you but, but you have her getting caught uh, she thinks she got away with it but you have Caleb coming in and being like hey just a heads up like I want to take care of you this is going on but then Caleb is also saying I really want to work with Kelly uh, and whether Keturah and Kelly are allies we don't know because we just haven't spent much time with them and so I, I like I don't know where all of this is going but I will say i think the takeaway for this is that things are looking better than ever for caleb well yeah but didn't they look this good last week they did but i mean we're seeing things come into action right so like yes he had the conversation with couture and he was like oh thanks for being honest with me but to see him sort of like actually Put that into action by giving her the heads up that hey, people know you were idle hunting, so like just be careful. Um, and then bonding with her a little bit over finding Bruce annoying and him vocalizing his strategy around Bruce of like keep him close, do what he says, so that he doesn't see me coming when I do come. Uh, I just feel like overall in the edit, Caleb is like both Caleb and Emily are like really being set up for a long game. I think Andrew. Yeah. Even the even way though, they were talking well, about Drew, yeah. no,
1: you ha- you didn't listen to the podcast, but even okay. the way they were talking about <laughs> Drew on the On Fire podcast, it was like, it was very evident that, like, they think that they have a star in Drew. And I'm not saying they don't, but I'm just saying yeah. like, that became very evident. And yes, I agree with you. Um, uh, yeah, Caleb is clearly set up for success. At the same time, it's like, first of all, I think I would be friends with Caleb. K- like, I, I completely get the appeal of Caleb. And I think Caleb is doing something that I'm surprised everyone doesn't do which is that like every you should be trying to not necessarily make final twos but be you should try and be close with everyone and Mm -hmm. we see a lot of this way in which people play now where it's like take sifu for instance right if i were any of those three women you should be final twoing with sifu even Mm -hmm. if it's fake but like you should make every effort to have a perceived close relationship with as many people as you can. And so often like you have like Katoras for instance, who are just like, I don't fuck with Bruce. And it's like, you should fuck with Bruce. You can in the confessional be like, I can't wait to chop him. But at this stage in the game, you should be trying to be in with as many people as possible. But we see so much of this gameplay that's like lying in the sand. And it's like, mm-hmm. that to me is not the way to play things. And so Caleb is playing it the very obvious way, which is like, yeah get in with as many people as possible. It's surprising that that is considered like so strategic. Um, when in my mind, that's just like such a sensible way to go about playing this game.
0: Yes. Agreed. A couple counterpoints here, which is one, I need yesterday. those people. I need those people that are drawing the line in the sand because they make the TV show better. Because I think that actually for a long time, People have been playing like Caleb. They've been playing really, really safe. And that gets a little boring, right? Like, I think we've seen a lot of this in the new era of placating everybody, trying to stay on everybody's good side and talking shit in the confessionals, which is like, that gives us some good moments, but I want to see the tension at camp. Like, that makes for a better show.
1: Can I just add one thing before you? Just to say, I, I agree with you. I think, though, because you have these three tribes and two tribes that aren't going to tribal council, there's a way in the past where, like, You can get by for a long time placating people and never having to show your cards in a way that I think when there's a two-tribe format, even when you're trying to play in the middle like that, sometimes early on you get forced to choose your side.
0: Mm. Yeah. I also think that it's interesting to contrast drew's approach to this and caleb's approach because drew is also getting like what i would i feel like caleb emily and drew are all getting what i would consider like a potential winner edit drew's approach however when brando asks about making an alliance is like no no i'm not gonna do that and i feel like we very rarely see that where it's like and i don't know that that's the right move i feel like you want to say to somebody like Yeah, sure, sure, I'll align with you. And then you show your cards at Tribal Council. I don't know which is worse. Like, I don't know if you just want to be straightforward and honest with the person so they know where they stand. Or are they going to feel worse about it when you go against them at Tribal? I mean, it doesn't matter in Brando's case because he's gone home. But, like, had Kendra been involved in that and uh, you know uh, drew said like look i'm not i'm just not working with you guys it seems like they all kind of knew that does kendra feel more hurt by that or less hurt by that because i see a world in which emily was sort of like not making up her mind and being like uh, yeah yeah i'll vote with you guys i'll vote with you guys Just telling everybody what they want to hear and then she shows her cards at tribal and she has that moment where she turns to kendra and says like i'm sorry and kendra does seem genuinely hurt like does that mean Kendra's never going to have a relationship with Emily again like which would have been worse Uh, Emily playing it the way she did or saying to Kendra before Tribal hey look I'm sorry but I'm voting out Brando do you want to join us
1: I guess my reaction to seeing their conversation ahead of Tribal was Emily's not working with Kendra there Mm. just was we know (laughs) Emily well enough now to know when she's being genuine and when she's not. And that conversation, like, they had no connection as human beings. I'm not even talking about the game, which made it evident to me that, like, Emily's not interested in working with Kendra.
0: Yeah, but does they just Kendra don't have, know they that? They don't have chemistry. Like,
1: we know that. We know sure. Emily in that way. yeah, but yeah. But Kendra's would, only known would, her for a couple of days. Sure, probably not. Um, but I didn't find... And to your point about, like, the Drew saying to Brando straight up, like, I don't want to work with you, I didn't find that, like talking about it, it sounds like that's really electric. The idea of, like, someone coming with you to offer you an alliance and you being like, fuck no. The scene itself was not as, like... Like, you could tell that Drew continued talking, but then they cut the audio to the talking head. I, I just felt like there was, like... That didn't quite land for me, because I felt like it wasn't a, a harsh, like, I'm... I'm Dude, I'm not working with you. I'm coming after mm-hmm. you. It was more like to nerds <laughs> um, coming together and like looking at the numbers and just being like, listen, we're not playing this game together. There's no animosity. Like this is how the cards fell. It's 2-2. Two, two, Emily's clearly the swing vote. I didn't find it to be like a malicious, I think like, Bra- no, also no. it was evident that like Brando was making a fake attempt at like, you know, mm-hmm. what do they call it in football? a Hail Mary. So... I didn't like there are times in the past we've seen someone be like do you want to work together the other person just be like no and like really blow up someone's game and it's really like fun to see this was sort of like I didn't find this to be extra spicy
0: right I I do think that it's interesting that Drew is being portrayed as this sort of like mastermind and survivor when I think he made like some not great moves this episode and actually it wasn't until austin came back from his journey and showed emily his advantage and everything that i think that really cemented where emily was gonna go because i think she has the trust with austin i think there's something there's something about drew that i think people aren't finding trustworthy and like i think brando saw that i think emily saw that right like emily was so quick to believe brando Brando's story and even confronting drew about it i didn't really get that she was buying his narrative on it until austin came back and was like pulled her back in Mm -hmm. and so it's just interesting because i feel like i feel like what the editing is telling me is that drew's gonna go really far and austin's gonna flame out at some point like austin is just an advantage magnet he has so much going on and yet drew is really being portrayed as the mastermind of that Duo, and I think that the evidence doesn't necessarily back up his being a mastermind. Mm. Not to say that it's not to say that he couldn't get to the end and win. It's it's just like a little messier than I would expect from somebody getting his edit.
1: Mm. Okay, will you indulge me? Yeah, I think it's that time. I think we're (laughs) going to play around a star or starless. Now, can I add something to the canon? Oh my god, what? I think we want Are to. Are you say- adding it? This is a twist. One of, yes. one of so we have star buff's ins- biggest well, no. twists yet. I'm codifying something that we've sort of been inching around, which is that okay. we have Star, Starless, and Starless Rising. Oh, okay. Which is basically we've talked about that. I think we've called it Star Potential in the past. Right. Um, listen, I want to say. People, I want 90% of our answers should be Star or Starless. Starless Rising is not, that's just no, th- yeah, sort of I No, yeah, that's a don't rare want, case. Yeah, it's a game of Star or Starless, but I just want to add that in there because I do think there's one or two examples of Starless Rising. And I think it's, I just don't want our audience to sometimes, there are people that we're calling Starless that we know are stars, uh-huh. but that gave a Starless episode. And just so there's, in those instances where there's a little bit of ambiguity. Okay. Yeah. Let's start off the top with Brendo. Brendo is starless. Brendo is starless. Kendra. Star. Kendra's a star, and I'm going to put a star by the star to say, I'm going to need more from Kendra because it's giving me, like, one note consistently. The note it's giving me is a note that I enjoy hearing, but I'm going to need levels. Does that make sense? Well, that's because
0: you're a big Drew Barrymore fan.
1: I'm a big Drew Barrymore fan. (laughs) Okay, Bruce. Star. 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 Jake. Star. Starless. Katora. Starless. Starless. Kelly. Starless. Starless. Hannah. Hannah. I'm just Sorry, I'm quite down <laughs> my list. Okay. Uh, star. Star. <laughs> uh, okay. Emily. Star. Starless. We'll revisit. Caleb. Star. Star Austin, Star Starless, Drew, Star Starless, D Starless Rising, Starless Rising, <laughs> J Maya, Starless. Starless, and I want to say, I turned to Billy when she had the line as soon as Sifu walked away and she's like, he yeah. thinks that that's going to scare me. And I yeah. said to Billy, wow, her first iconic moment. So yeah, I do, was I, good. I, I, I and again. I loved,
0: uh, yeah, I loved the conver- in the conversation when Sifu's still there and she turns her head and just like looks away with like big eyes. Yes. That so I
1: wouldn't moment. even say she's Starless Rising just yet, but I will say that like this was the episode where like the potential of J. Maya unlocked. So we'll leave yeah. it at that. Okay, Julie star star and i turned to billy last night i said i was like who do you think my favorite player I was on 45 and he goes it's julie and i was like wait wait, wait yeah. like, how did you know that and he was like oh, evan, evan of course you like julie evan, um it's
0: it's heather in season one It's fucking, but <laughs> heather 41. was more
1: of like what i wanted her to be like i know i know i was. know but
0: i'm just saying you have a type and it, this season it's Julie.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because then he was like, I like, mean, your done. favorite player of all time is Kathy, and I was like, Oh. I was like just oh, yeah, everyone. There's been know a this lot of
0: comparisons that- drawn between Kathy and Julie online. I don't know if you've seen these.
1: I get it. I haven't seen it, but I get it. Okay. But wait, yeah. sorry. We have one last. Uh we have Sifu. Starless. Starless, but Well, sorry, the game is Starless. Starless. Yeah. Dot, dot dot. I have to I, say really Before
0: we Before we move on from this, first of all First of all, you started adding a lot of qualifiers to your star star list, which Uh, rewind the tape because I wasn't allowed to do that in the early days. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I'm I'm open to an evolving show. Okay, so
1: Mm, I like I like uh, I like an established format. Secondly, I
0: really want to know what I've gotten really good feedback about the star star list. Okay, so like but we had we had a very nice five star review on Apple Podcasts. That uh, said, that also indicated just one small critique. I don't like star or starless. It takes up a lot of uh, unnecessary time from the recap episode.
1: That was like, so, seconds. <laughs> I, well, yeah,
0: it's a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, in in a shorter and shorter show, it's a couple of minutes.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: okay. But I will say that I want to hear from people. So, like, can can the comments this week on the meme cap be either a star emoji? Or like, you know, the red cross through or something like an X and star. So we can see, do you like star is star or starless? Star or Starless? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, good question. Are you I'm very interested. Can I ca- can I qualify <laughs> just briefly? Just <laughs> you can for do those you want. for those that don't remember, and again, here I am extending the conversation about the thing the critique said that we talk about too much. I do just want to say star or star list is specific to that person in the episode. It is not yeah. our thoughts on them during their tenure on Survivor. And it is certainly not our thoughts about them as a human being, because I can imagine knowing how many of these cast members listen to this podcast. I do not want the conclusion to ever be that we're saying that this person is not, you know, a good person. We're not talking about, you know, we're talking about strictly on the edit of this character on the episode of Survivor. A
0: hundred percent. There are episodes of season one where Sue Hawk would have been starless. Absolutely. And And that is why she is a star.
1: Yes, and that is why for me, of the six episodes we've been given so far, if you were new to the show, Survivor, I do not think you would walk away from the show thinking about Emily at all. I thought this was a our girl was down bad in this episode, I felt. Um (laughs) I certainly think she will be back to star, hopefully episode seven, Uh but like this was not a star making turn in this episode. We're on we're on
0: episode five. We're on episode five. five. five.
1: Really? I felt like so. They're long. Um, Okay. So yeah, that's my thoughts.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. Well, there we go. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like Sifu's the trickiest of all because he is doing everything that a star
1: needs to do. And I just like kind of don't care. So I agree that he's doing everything. I think the issue is that because we've gotten so little from Sifu in the confessionals about Sifu's perspective, for instance, if you're Sifu and in theory, you recognize that these three women are together, someone's lying to you, but you have to sort of inch your way forward in the game. In theory, Sifu has to choose one of the three of them with yeah. who he's going to work with, and like we're not seeing Sifu strategizing in any way, which I think is what holds him back from being an ultimately interesting character.
0: Yeah, this is what I need to happen over on Reba. I mean, it doesn't matter now because they're going to go to Emergatory, which it just feels so early. I don't, I don't know. It feels like we could have another round here, but we got so much strategy at Reba about what could happen. And yet it's going to come to nothing because they're all going to be on the same beach next week. I mean, I'm sure it'll play into the dynamics, but uh, these plans, like J. Maya's plan to go tell Sifu, I voted for you. She's going to put herself up as the decoy because they really believe Sifu has an idol, which we'll get to in a second. Um, Like, this is a really interesting plan. But what I want, what I want is for them to have another chance to go back to tribal. And I want J. Maya to sort of realize, hey, wait a second, Julie and Dee clearly have a connection that I am not a part of. Sifu's out here by himself. Why am I fighting with Sifu? If I really think Sifu is an idol, maybe I should join up with him and be like, hey, like let's, use your idol work together and get one of these ladies out and then we're breaking up like a potentially bigger alliance you know nobody's expecting that we work together because we don't like each other like this is an odd couple alliance opportunity and that's where i kind of wanted that to go and now it's just like they're gonna go to the mergatory and it's not gonna
1: matter Mm -hmm. i just would need it to be like a little bit odder of a couple to get me excited (laughs) Okay. it's like they're just both musicians like they don't have like clear te- I mean this episode I guess we saw their biggest sort of like um yeah battle if you will but I in my odd couples I want you more want like Katura
0: like... and Bruce to come together
1: absolutely
0: that would be a sleigh imagine they'd be like nobody would think we're working together and we're gonna get like Kelly or Jake out fantastic yeah that would be news breaking news Make like the People Magazine exclusive interview
1: with Keturah. I think it would be Entertainment Weekly. that would <laughs> secure that one.
0: You're right. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay, can we talk about Sifu's idol? Because I don't understand why anybody on that tribe thinks he has an idol. I mean, like, I get it for J Maya. And I get that he was looking for an idol, but Julie and D, you were there for all of the idol shenanigans on your beach. We know that Austin has the idol. Like, sure, there's a chance that there's a second idol, but like, I would say that's a really slim chance given what we've seen. And so it's just really unusual that Julie and Dee are operating under the assumption that Sifu has an idol. I feel like there's something unsaid here.
1: Yeah, just the assumption that there's no room for that not being the case is I think the part that makes it confusing. They're operating it's one thing to be like, you know, we're trying to be smart here and operating under the assumption that he does on, on the you know, with in the cha- on the uh, off chance, whatever. If he does. But they're the way they're presenting it is though, Sifu's got an idol. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. Like where where did we get there? Yeah. But again, I do just like I'm a broken record. But like I'm, I just don't like the three tribes because I just we're playing so heavy this early on, and there are so few possibilities. There's yeah. just so like if you're seafood, it's like what do you fucking do at this point? And so. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. It's like, I couldn't believe we're already at the emergatory next week, but at the same time I was like, thank God, because I couldn't do another round of this because the, everything is just so locked in right now. Like even with mm-hmm. the Emily thing that we were talking about earlier, it's like, it would make no sense for these, the two tribes, of the two members of each of the other tribes to link up and take out Emily. That wouldn't make sense, right? It's not good for anyone's game. So of course she's the swing vote. It's like, everything just feels so prescriptive And I miss there being the like, well, what if we linked up with them and, and, you know, shook things up? There's just no room for that. Which speaks to what I was saying last week about Jay Maya being like, I want to make the big move and take out Sifu. It's like, that's not a big move. It's just a big move because there are so few big moves to make.
0: Well, yeah, it's like basically the only big move that she could have made on that tribe. Similarly, over on the new Lulu tribe, where it's all original Bellows and Caleb, like, I would like to see that play out because I think Caleb probably wouldn't be going home. And it's just, it would just be interesting to see how that shakes out and who's out. Like, th- there's this big battle between Katura and Bruce. I don't really know where the other people in the tribe land on that. Yeah, people think Bruce is annoying, but I think there's also, like, a tide turning against Katura potentially. And they're like, better, like, Bruce, yeah, he's like an idiot, but I can deal with that. Uh, and I feel like that would be an interesting thing to see. And with Mergatory coming up, we're just not going to get the chance to see that. And I do think that's disappointing. So, I, I, yeah, to your point, I think that, again, with the three-tribe format, it's just really sort of frustrating to so frequently get a tribe that just doesn't, or people that just don't go to tribal um, before the merge. And, like, granted, that happens, but it should be the exception, not not the, the regular case, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, okay, Can we talk about the journey because there was a journey and like, thank God, because when that immunity challenge ended, I was like, well, oh, my God, we have a half hour of strategy and (laughs) tribal.
1: And your response was thank God for the journey. A
0: little bit, a little bit, because I just needed something to break up. the the monotony
1: (laughs) really I needed a 16 minute episode that was my reaction there
0: were no thank god I knew that we didn't have that but so I was just like I'm watching the clock you know I'm taking my notes and I'm like oh my god like we're gonna do this again we're gonna do another segment um I thought it was
1: odd the way that they like forced Jay Maya to explain the tribe's choices as to who they chose Uh, I mean, it also, I mean, if I were her, I wouldn't have been so forthright about yeah. strategy behind it. But at the same time, I'm sort of like, I, it just would have been, I have to choose two people. And these are the two we chose. There's not.
0: Yeah, we're choosing at random or whatever. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, who cares?
0: Or or we think this person's on the outs who like just lie. Uh, yeah. But to, yeah, to call out Austin as like, well, he's our former tribe mate. So he's going to tell us everything as Austin's going to tribal council that night. Yes. Not the I, best I, move.
1: I did have a strong reaction to them. The effort made to make this hike look difficult and Uh the way the camera, I was like, oh, it's going to zoom out to give us a sense of the scope. No, no, it can only zoom out a little bit because if it zoomed out too far, we'd actually see the top of the mountain and understand that they went on a 20 minute hike up the mountain. (laughs) I just was like... (laughs) It was so startling, and the way that they were like, "Well, we'll use the confessional to tell the story of the difficulty of this hike." Uh-huh. Let me say this: even if it were a difficult hike, let's say this was like, you know, what's the season where they drop them down and they have to hike ten miles? Is oh, it? Uh, uh, Guatemala. I was gonna. I was just gonna say, isn't it Guatemala? Okay, yes. That to but me. But token like, chains
0: as well. They have to do a long, long. Hike
1: fair enough. Hike. Even if that were the case, in that sense, it's like you're. First arriving, you're figuring, you know, it's just really dumping you into the experience. But it's like, what does this journey, even if it were a journey, and I don't think it is a journey, even if it were, what is it giving us? Like, what is it adding here? I just don't, I, I just don't really understand the purpose of these journeys. And even in this one, at least in the past, we've been a- accustomed to like the, you're going to walk up the hill, get to know each other. But that yeah. was omitted from this. So it's well, just Well, like, like, that's,
0: that's what we've been saying actually is, is that we haven't really seen a lot of that in, in episode one. Actually, there haven't been many journeys, which okay. Okay. I think that's good. I think that's part of the reason I was like, oh, a journey is that we haven't had a lot of journeys. Mm-hmm. And so this journey, I like I didn't mind having this journey, but Having Jay Maya say, "Well, I know Austin. We're hoping like he's going to give us some information." There's no follow up to that, so there's no on the hike up the mountain, which I think is like a. I do think it's a significant hike. It does look really steep. I will say, I noticed they put poles and ropes to help them up the uh, up the mountain, which is like not super survivor, but whatever. That's nitpicky. I do think that like we could have used that moment uh, on the hike if this is really about getting to know each other and jay maya's reconnecting with austin who and they have a weird relationship because they're on an original tribe but he was never working with her uh it would be interesting to hear like so like what do you think what's this emily girl all about like p- give us a little information you're you're with two bellows are you in trouble there's two, it's a two two three two two one tribe what, like what's going on Just, like, to have none of that, even if Austin gave nothing, like, that would tell me something about Austin's relationship with J. Maya and how he sees moving forward with Reba's in the future, uh, uh, past the merge. But we didn't get that.
1: Yeah. I also was just a little disappointed with Kelly here, because this was really one of our first, like... I thought
0: this was going to be her breakout star moment.
1: Yeah, and it was one of our first times sort of, like, centering Kelly and not how Kelly exists within you know, the larger tribe and her in not only inability to make the decision, but her like, like visible weariness to be put in that position. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is survivor baby. Like you were put in a power position and you're treating it like it's a burden that you have to be the deciding vote. It's like, you should want to be the deciding vote. And so I felt like that indicated a lot about, kelly's like sort of inability to i just don't think she's got winner in her that was not well, but aren't away.
0: you aren't you like contradicting yourself a little bit here because Always. earlier in the episode you said like no the way to play the game is to not draw the line in the sand is to placate everybody and here's kelly in a position where she's forced to draw a line in the sand uh, and she doesn't want to and ultimately she doesn't right like austin kind of goes like okay like i'll just i'll just do the
1: amulets Per- I mean, yes, I am contradicting. Myself. So
0: I think, I think she's playing in the textbook way, but I don't think it necessarily worked out for her. I don't think it
1: worked out on her. Also, they should have chosen the sandwich. They totally should have chosen the sandwich. It doesn't like, it doesn't always need to be this complicated. And I hated knowing that the second I saw it, I was like, they're, they're of course, they're choosing these stupid amulets. It's like the way it's like, I, I don't know. It's like, how does no one see these options and just say, I can literally have a sandwich, and mind you, because I would always be thinking about the lie coming back to the tribe, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it would be so simple to be like, we got offered this or this, and we chose a sandwich. And no one's gonna be mad at you for choosing the sandwich. No, and you people get a sandwich. Like, oh my now, God, you have a sandwich? I will say, like- the quality of that sandwich, like production, <laughs> what's going on here?
0: uh yeah it's very yeah you know when you like go into a coffee shop in like a random town you're like traveling you're like oh my god i'm like starving and there's no food and i have to get something grab and go and it's like you look at the sandwiches and you're like like it'll do but that's really what it looked like also i just don't ever want red onion on my sandwich
1: absolutely not
0: like that's such an overpowering flavor
1: i also feel that way about a big thick like beefsteak tomato but that's just me
0: Yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest tomato fan. I've come around. I'm not a tomato fan either. I am not a tomato fan. I've started eating a tomato on my burger, but like I'm just like like a tomato in a salad. Like I'll eat it, but I don't want it. If I'm making the salad, it's not going to end.
1: Do you know, I really got into like an heirloom tomato with olive oil and fresh mozzarella. Like that to me is like, that is how I prefer my tomato intake. But yeah, I agree with you. Tomato as like an accoutrement to something larger is something I've never vibed with. So yeah, I agree with you. The you thing about the, salad, the sandwich is it's
0: like tomatoes are so wet. Like they're there's so, wet. so much now, liquid in them and they make the bread soggy.
1: Now a tomato in a um a turkey club or a chicken club, I under there's a utility. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have it. But in that There's case, only so many things. Yeah. yeah. They're thin. Um but needless <laughs> to say it's like I wouldn't have been if anything, I would have been like Production, <laughs> can we get some new sandwiches here if I were Austin or something? Also, can I just say, if I were them, just fucking grab the sandwich. What's production going to do? Af- I'm, I'm talking after.
0: I mean, if- they're going to be like, to, you can't have the amulets given back.
1: Okay, great. You just made TV. Yeah, sure. Like, I'm sorry. It's like, we are making a television show.
0: I think the sandwiches would have been far better television than the amulets, too. I'll say that. I, what we ca- I, I think this goes without saying, but like, this podcast really approach a survivor from the TV show perspective, as opposed to like the game and strategy perspective. Yes. You know, we like to look at, is this a good TV show? Is yeah. this a good episode of television or not? And I, th- I honestly think the sandwiches would have been better television than the amulets. The mm-hmm. amulets are confusing. Uh, we've already got enough confusing shit going on, like with Austin playing, Austin uh, withholding his vote to extend the life of his idol, but also playing the goodwill advantage so he could get a vote. Like, that's just, it's confusing, right? Like, I mean, it's explained to us, but I just think it's overly complicated. The amulets are so overly complicated. We've seen them play, as Emily said, I've seen this before uh, in Survivor 42, and they just like came to nothing. And it's like, we're really going to try this again. Like, these people don't know each other. They don't I don't see these people working together ever and I just think this is like a little much for for potentially no payoff. To be sitting here explaining these rules and then to have to explain them in the future every time somebody gets voted out with an amulet, etc. like it's yeah. All right. With that, should we wrap it up?
1: Can I do one last ask? Yeah. You're going to hate it. <clears throat> <laughs> Let's just you know, here we are right now. We just concluded episode 5. Can you, for me, rank from worst to best, seasons 41 through 45?
0: Me? hmm <laughs> I mean, it's hard to rank 45 with yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, but yeah, I'll hard. do it. I'll do yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I'll I do it. it. <laughs> I would say best is season 44. No, no, no. 44. I, Excuse me, Sean. Oh, worst to best? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, I've been flip-flopping on this, but I will say uh, worst, 43. Next worst, 42. Next worst, 41. Second best 45,
1: best 44. Okay. Yeah. You? Same with um, the Switch on... 41, 42? For, no, on 45, 44. Oh. So and you that's, put 41 above 42? Sorry, I would put 41 above
0: I put 43, 42, 41, 45, yeah,
1: no. 44. I agree with 45 and 44 swapped. Oh, Only wow. because this more speaks to my like, retroactive middling on 44 than it does the greatness of 45. Does Mm. that make sense? Yeah. Poor. Yeah. Poor 43.
0: Yeah. The thing is, I think, yeah, it's interesting to see how a winner can really like color your Mm -hmm. experience of a season because sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I often say like, it's not really about who wins. I think the show is a lot about getting there but sometimes it is about who wins and the circumstances of their winning. And it's just like, but cause there was a lot to like, like, th- like there are things to like of 43. I don't know if I should say was a lot, but I do think there's a lot to like, but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be revisiting it to figure out what those things were.
1: I thought about quitting <laughs> the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. just remember some nights I'd be like out and I would have to cut my night short to like come home and either watch it or get to sleep so I could watch it in the morning and being like why am I doing this right yeah. but it you know why I did it to, yeah. because I made a commitment yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy to okay. be here okay <laughs> where
0: well, you have to wrap this up so we can go over to the after show on Patreon we're doing a weekly after show to accompany these recaps where we get into some listener questions and other topics we wish to discuss like for example last week we spent 20 minutes talking about Elizabeth Hasselbeck on the after show you're welcome so, if you want to catch our after shows, check out our Patreon. There's a link in the show notes to this episode. Of course, if you're enjoying our recaps, leave us a rating and review, and you can tell us if you like star or starless, uh, if you like. Uh, but but you know, keep the stars coming for us.
1: Wait, we didn't do the emoji. Yeah, we did. What is it? Oh, the star, oh, the star, sorry, 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 sorry.
0: So it's a star emoji or the, you know, the red like cross through or something. Or, not like you can put an X or like the the lady with making an X with her arms, whatever you want to indicate No, 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 no. There's no
1: it has to, No, no, no. I don't
0: Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: I would prefer the circle, the red circle. Okay, you like
0: the red circle. Okay, and then with a star. I just
1: think that we're all about like this is the emoji. And if we're opening up to two different ones, it's like why do we want to open it for even more?
0: Yeah, okay. My experience is people people are going to do whatever they feel like doing. That's
1: fine, but I like to give people the desire. And then they're being subversive if they go against it
0: With star. Oh my god, the bags are All right, and you can find us over at drop your buffs pod on Instagram at drop buffs pod on Twitter.
1: Instagram's been popping.
0: It's been popping. It's always popping.
1: That's
0: true. (laughs) Okay. All right. With that, thank you very much. We will see you next week for the mergatory. Bye.
1: Bye.